episode of Inside Thoughts Out Loud. It is 2024. Happy New Year to you and Happy New Year to you, Chanel. Happy New Year to you. I can't believe we made it this far. 2024, guys. I know. It's a, supposed to be a good year. We're feeling good vibes. And obviously, we wanted to kick off the year with a nice little episode. In this episode, I think we're going to really focus on kind of the things that have been happening over the holidays into the new year, because apparently the, the tea is piping hot on a regular basis, and we've not discussed the tea, so we're going to discuss the tea today. <laughs> Yeah, we don't normally do this, but we're going to do it today because, guys, like, so many crazy things have happened. It's actually astonishing to me. I've missed so much. So, Karina. <laughs> so, I <laughs> Karina, guess this we'll... This is actually Karina's favorite thing, so I'm going to let her take the lead on this one because I, I can just see it in her face. She's just, like, I'm ready to spill the tea. Chomping. I'm chomping at the bit. Okay, so the first, the most, int- well, I wouldn't say the most interesting, but one of the most talked about things going on among many things is the one and only Jeffrey Epstein's, I guess, flight log list has finally been shared. We waited all of last year, all of 2023 to find out who went on those flights and who went to his little, little pervy man Island. And we have, (laughs) we finally have access to his Island. Well, I mean, I don't know what else to call it. (laughs) So we kind of have taken a quick look at the list and we're shocked by some names, not shocked by others. I still don't know if this is the full list or if this is just like a first portion of the list. But yeah. um, who and are you shocked at? This, just, I have a question for you because I know yeah. this is your favorite thing. But when mm. you say flight list, this is just like the list of people who booked a flight with him, like on his private jet. Or are these just people that are brought up as being associated with him? I think my understanding is that it's people who are, who have used the list or not the list, used his plane. And I believe it's to travel to his particular island. Like apparently he had some like luxurious island um, where celebrities went to to have like a celebrity exclusive experience, you know, kind of away from the everyday man and woman. So it's, and what happened on those islands were tended to be inappropriate acts done by people who felt like they were being held hostage in a lot of instances. So this list, I guess, has been a point of contention in the, in the court records and during his trial and Giselle Maxwell's trial as well. And a lot of people wanted to know who's on the list, who in Hollyweird should we be more concerned about? (laughs) So we know of the obvious ones, the Prince Andrews, the Bill, Bill Clintons, the Donald Trumps. But then there are a couple of people on the list who I'm shocked to see. Um, Cameron Ooh. Diaz. Ooh. Is she on here? Yeah. yeah. Kate Blanchett. Oh. Naomi Campbell. Leonardo DiCaprio. You're surprised by Leo? Stop. You're not. Uh, I know. He loves young things. Dip in the young pool, so I'm not surprised. Yeah, no, you're actually right. I guess no, I wouldn't say surprised, <laughs> maybe disappointed, because he can pick up girls pretty easily. He's just like I'm Leo. Why does he go to a private pervy island. Exact private pervy island. I'm using exactly. that now. You brought it up, girl. You put that on the <laughs> roster here. And then who else? Oh, Kevin Spacey. Surprised. No, unfortunately. No, I'm, not surprised. <laughs> yeah. I'm surprised by the Bruce Willis. 
Yeah, that one kind of hurt my heart, especially yeah, more so because honestly, he I don't think he's even in the position right now to rebuttal yeah. this or say no because his I don't know where he's at with his journey. Not well. Yeah, I give him a pass because he doesn't even remember what he's done at this point. God, yeah. so heartbreaking. Um, oh, and also Michael Jackson's on this list. Not gonna, don't oh. wanna. Not happy about that one. Um, Sorry, how long? Like Michael Jackson died so long ago. And he's 48. He's like number 48. He's like top 50. So here's the thing with Michael Jackson for me. And a lot of people are not going to like this, but this is my opinion. Remember, inside thoughts out loud. This is my inside thought. Um, I have, unfortunately, I'm one of those people. I'm not going to say unfortunately. I'm one of those people who is just being kind of, Ignorant by choice when it comes to Michael Jackson, because I just love his music and because I know about his history and his past with his father and all the things that went on in his life mentally. I just don't want to hear about it. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. like yeah. I hear I hear it. I hear a lot of people yeah. say that he wasn't that bad. I hear a lot of people say he was. I hear a lot of people say he was that bad because they were trying to extort money from him. So yes. I'm in a position where it's really hard to decide. Is it true? Is it not true? So I'm just choosing not to engage. So in my opinion, number 48, it just says blank. <laughs> I don't see his name. Oh, wow, 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 wow. Yeah. Yeah, well, when it comes to Michael Jackson, I'm... I don't want to be on the list of people who say, no, he would never do that because there's not one person in this world that I can look at and say they would never do that because I don't know anybody enough right. to know what they do behind closed doors. I just don't look at him as like a sexual being for some right. reason. I can't, I can't do it. And uh, I hope he didn't do that, but I also would not leave my son with him or my child, but I wouldn't leave my son or child with anybody. So it's not specific to Michael Jackson. It's specific to, I don't leave my child with anybody. Period. Yeah. That's yeah. That's There's fair. There's no with grown men ever. It will never happen. Yeah, no. Yeah, okay. (laughs) I don't care if my son is terminally ill and he's given him a million bajillion dollars. My son's not sleeping in a your mansion with you alone. No, yeah. (laughs) That's why I have mixed feelings about it because of the people who are accusing him have questionable motives. Right. And that's kind of where I have a hard time. And I agree with you. Like, I'm not saying that he's not guilty. I'm not saying that it's not possible because anybody's possible of just about anything. I, as I always say, I put nothing past no one. No one is not capable of not of doing anything that they don't want to or, or, or choose to do, but I just don't want to talk about it. Like I, that that's what it is. <laughs> we want to we go and think of Michael Jackson as little Michael, little Michael. Yeah. Mr. Michael Who's Jackson. Loving yeah. you. Like, yeah, exactly. That's it. That's how we want to see him. And <laughs> yeah. also, he's not here to defend himself. So right. anyone on this list that is not here to defend themselves, unfortunately, actually, you know what? I can't say that because Jeffrey Epstein's not here. So true. But he's not on the list. It's his list. So it's his list. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no, this this I don't list. Even, what is the purpose of them doing this anyways? They can't convict him when he's dead. So what is the purpose of this? Well, Giselle is still on trial. Giselle, Giselle, Maxwell. I think she is still incarcerated. And I guess it's like, 
I just feel like Hollywood, or as I'm calling it, Hollyweird, is on the verge of kind of burning to the ground. With the P. Diddy thing, with this list, and then with the Cat Williams podcast, or Cat Williams going on Shannon Sharp's podcast recently. and Everybody's getting outed. Spilling the tea on... (laughs) It's all coming out. But is it anything that's really shocking? The thing... Okay, I'll tell you what I thought was shocking. When he said that and okay so when we were watching it last night i found that when cat williams was talking about other people my other friend she clocked it as well when he's talking about steve harvey this person that person his bravado is intense his energy his body language he's sitting forward and when shannon would try to pull regain control of his podcast and talk about cat williams's life as a child his childhood his relationship with his father Cat Williams would hunch over a little bit. He would sort of look off. He wouldn't always answer questions. He would be far more thoughtful in what came out of his mouth. So it was just like, I know a lot of people are like, oh, if Cat Williams said it, I believe it. I I hear that in a lot of ways and a lot of things he said, I do. However, watching his demeanor go like this and this and this and this and this, every time he went between talking about people to talking about himself was a bit concerning. It's like he had almost too much to say too quickly willing to just spill the beans on Kevin Hart's right and then when it was about his life at one point Shannon asked a question and you my girlfriend and I were both like he hasn't answered the question he's really he's gotten really good or maybe he's always been really good at talking and making you think he's saying you he's answering you and actually not answering a damn thing it was really a lot of men like that. They love to talk, <laughs> but they're never saying anything. <laughs> never saying anything. What are you saying? No, I'm with you. I only saw like clips of yeah. the interviews. And I'm not gonna lie, at first I thought he's on something. Um I was thinking either cocaine or he was on something because of his like his energy levels. And it felt like he was on the defense a lot. And he really didn't talk about himself. But like you said, can't put anything past anyone. Mm-hmm. Um, comedians stealing each other's jokes is no surprise to me. The Hollywood, you know, having to sell your soul to the devil to get where everybody is, not a surprise. We all know that. Mm-hmm. Men wearing dresses, not a surprise. We all know that. Um, black men specifically having to wear dresses or take on character roles that they would never normally do just to get their name in the door, not surprising. Um, he didn't say anything that really stood out to me as being unusual. It's just, except for what you just said, he never answered any questions really yeah. about himself. And I don't think that podcast was supposed to be about other people. Yeah. You could tell in the beginning, Shannon's like taking it back to the point where he's like, well, I don't know where to go with that. So I'm just going to take a swig. And yeah. then he sits up and he's like, I'm going to drink some water. And he's like, actually, I, I still don't know where to go. And he takes another swig because yeah, they're, they're drinking. Yeah. He's visually uncomfortable because he's like. Whoa. Where are we going with this? Yeah. Talking about how uh, Steve Harvey stole his story about being poor and Steve Harvey had been um, uh, uh, traveling, a traveling um, comedian for years when he said that and talking about how Steve Harvey's high top hair was a man piece, not real. And that's why when he was talking about paying his barber $1,500 a day to line his hair up cat was like now he was you're paying him that much to glue your unit on <laughs> and i was just like oh that makes so much sense because that hair was so that fresh and you how do you go sense. from that to just bald like it, yeah 
He never receded. Zero transition. He never had a short haircut. He just went from that high top. You're absolutely right. No hair. And even in some movies that I saw him in, he was always bald. But the stealing jokes thing, when I listen to them, they're all kind of told in a different way. And it's very similar to, you know, just like people taking material from other people. Like it's not unusual, but I didn't find anyone specifically tell the joke the way he did. No, he he notes that Cedric the Entertainer stole one of his very good jokes, but just changed a couple of things. And I guess for me, I mean, if I'm a creative and you're a creative and you post something and I like it, respectfully for me and my, you know, karmic sheet, I'm going to come to you and go, hey, I really like what you did. Can I can I replicate it, but tweak it here and tweak it there. So it is clear. I'm not carbon copying you because I don't want people to come for me. And if people come for me, I'm going to say this person has given me permission to use this content, but to change it. I think Cat Williams had an issue because he felt like he wasn't getting that sort of recognition from larger comedians. And I think if you're a content creator and a and this happens on TikTok all the time, larger creators will steal people's content word for word, line for line, verbatim, and then will get triple the, the, the views and, and brand opportunities off of what a smaller content creator did. I do think con- smaller content creators have the right to feel a ways about it because you're, and I feel like you're stealing an opportunity from me and you're not even giving me credit. At least put my name in the bottom so people know, oh, that's where they got it from. So they can go to yeah. the originator. So when... And in, in, in that moment, it's like, yes, once you put your stuff out there, it's going to it's gonna likely get, because people always think that they have original ideas, but no idea is original. Everything comes from someone or somewhere else. And then you bring it from something. Yeah, exactly. So, and then you tweak it. So I think, I think Cat Williams's issue was he had already addressed him stealing content from him before. And yeah. he was like, my bad dog, not going to do that again. And then stole this joke and no credit was given. But I guess my thought process is, in the comedic world, do com- comedians give credit? Like, do they be like, oh, I got this from this person? It kind of takes away from the joke, right? Like, yeah. like w- w- when would they say it before or after the joke? It's exactly. Just, it's an interesting concept. And I, I totally get where he's coming from. I think on their part, maybe they thought he wouldn't get as great as he did. So they they definitely did it with the intention of hoping that they could get away with it. Because yeah. why else would they continue to do it? And on top of that, when I watch Cat Williams and I watch Steve Harvey and I watch Cedric the Entertainer, even if they all tell the same joke, I'm sorry, Cat Williams version is usually funnier. Because he was puts saying. so much energy into it. Like, he puts his own life experiences into how he tells a joke. And sometimes shit comes out of his mouth that's never, it's not even planned. That's Mm-mm. how brilliant he is. And I yeah. know Steve Harvey doesn't have that. Mm-mm. I know no. Cedric the Entertainer does not have that. I have watched <coughs> so many comedic shows with Cedric the Entertainer. And I'm like, this he's not funny. Is just, he's not funny. And I'm waiting for the joke. And I'm like, when is this going to get funny? And he laughs at his own jokes, which makes it worse because it's not funny. And he'll be like, and you're like, but what was the joke? Where's the punchline? (laughs) I think my issue is, is that, and something that Kat said that I 100% agree with is Kat Williams. Like he said, he's like, nobody can tell jokes like I do. Not to toot my own horn, but my delivery, my setup, 
the inflections in my voice, the way I move my body, the way I move my hair, everything adds to the joke. To me, Cedric the Entertainer was never funny. Steve Harvey, barely funny. Bernie Mac should have been the king of comedy when it came to the kings of comedy. And they all said that they had an issue with Bernie because Bernie was the only one who could transition to movies and do well. And Steve couldn't because what movie has Steve Harvey been in? Ah. Uh. Uh, think like a man. No way, he wasn't. No, in he wasn't in it. He was in a movie uh, playing a father, Nick Cannon's father. <laughs> he was terrible at it. Uh, the one with Nick Cannon and Christina Milian. That whole don't even mention that movie, please. That movie that's that's <laughs> offensive. That's offensive to movies. The movie was okay. Terrible. <laughs> terrible. But he was just disgusting. Oh. And Cedric the Entertainer can do TV shows at best because someone else is writing it. That one little show he has with, um, what's her name? It's not funny, even though it's on season four or five. The little neighbor's one or my neighbor or whatever. It's not funny. Like it's, it's uh, Cat Williams, when he was on this podcast saying, you know, at the end of the day, how many specials do I have? And how many specials does Cedric have on his own? Cat has a bunch that you can find. Cedric has none, or apparently he has two. You can't find him anywhere because he's not funny. So when he talks about those things, fully can get behind him on that. When he talked about Ricky Smiley, um, talking about how he in Friday After Next should have been playing Money Mike instead of Cat Williams, I fully 100% believe everything Cat says about it because Ricky Smiley could have never played Money Mike the way Cat Williams played Money Mike. It was Nobody as if that. Could play Money Mike. No, it's as if that character was written. It was written for him. And yeah. he said it on the podcast. He's like, everything that Money Mike said, I wrote that. The outfits, I designed that. The car that they had me drive, I picked it. When they wanted to have a regular guy play a pimp, I said, let's get the Bishop Magic Don Juan. That was my suggestion. And when they talked about the scene with him and Terry Crews in the bathroom, he was like, I was refusing to partake or to participate in the rape scene. He's like, I wasn't down for that. Ricky Smiley was. So, and then he was like, and they were saying that they were, they were going to have Cat Williams play the Santa Claus. It wouldn't have made any sense. No, Ricky no. Smiley was exactly where he was supposed to be in that movie. And Mike, 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 Cat Williams was exactly where he was supposed to be in that movie. So yeah. when, when he talked about certain things, I was like, 100%, 100%. When he started talking about like, Kevin Hart's uh, backstory and how he's a plant in Hollywood. It gets a bit kind of weird there for me. Um, and he really kind of leans into a lot of the comedians. And I saw another a comedian. He had it. She talked. That's the one thing I I feel like talking about people who you've specifically had experiences with makes sense to me. Mm -hmm. But then dishing it out to everybody who's not you. You know, like, and, and the way he did it was kind of like, okay, now you're kind of doing the most. Right. Yeah, it became very much like he was coming for the whole. Definitely speak out for people that you've had these instances of like conflict with, but it, it just, it, when it gets messy like that, I don't really, I lose a little bit of respect, but I still respect him. I'm still going to watch his comedy. I think he's hilarious. So. Yeah. Yeah. I definitely feel like he was coming for all of black comedy Hollywood. And I did see an, um, a comedian who's like smaller. He was on tick or he was on Instagram and he goes, why is it that black comedians always come for each other? He's like, how many times do you see white comedian, white male comedians come after each other, call each other's name, discredit each other. He's like, because everybody wants to get paid. Everybody's supporting each other. He's like, black male comedians need to stop doing that. 
it's and I was them like, or me. Yeah, it's them or me. But like, yeah. you guys could all be comedians. Uh, and I'm, I'm like I said before, they could all tell the same joke from Cat Williams and I would not find it funny. So it's not really relevant to me. Mm-hmm. Because how Cat Williams tells his joke is it's different. It's like how he presents it is different. Even if even if Steve Harvey said the exact joke, the exact way he said it, I still wouldn't find it yeah. funny. Yeah, it's, so it's funny because of the person who's telling that joke. So I understand why he's upset or not upset, insulted by it. But I also think there's bigger issues in the world. Yeah, exactly. Uh, and with that Holly weird topic, we'll slide right into the topic of the new movie that came out, um, produced, and I guess, um, I don't know if she wrote the original one, but she's starting the original one by Oprah Winfrey, The Color Purple. Oh, so, yeah, she definitely didn't write it. That's, no. Uh, it's a book, right? Alice something? Uh, I don't know what her name is. I have no idea. I'm going to be honest. Whatever. We don't know the name of the writer of The Color Purple, but I did read the book years ago and I was super traumatized by it. Then I watched the movie and I was super traumatized by it. And Oprah's character was... Which was uh, Seely, I believe? No, it wasn't Seely. Seely was Whippy Goldberg, no? We need to like pull up some shit because... Oh, I have no idea who Oprah's character was. Oh my god. <laughs> he, played, he played Harpo's wife. Remember... He's like something about Harpo beating her. Oh, yeah. Uh, but anyway. Whatever. <laughs> yeah. We're actually talking I about the th- this. We should know these things. Shouldn't we know these things? <laughs> I'll be honest. I have never watched the original Color Purple because I heard it was traumatizing. And I was just like, I've watched so many black movies that have been traumatizing. I think I'm just going to skip this one. Even though it's with Oprah and Whoopi. Or, yeah, I just was like, I skipped it. So I will go back and watch it and I will correct myself and I will correct. Okay. I'll put... Well, let's just clear up who wrote it. Alice Walker wrote it because I put okay. it up here. I knew it was Alice something. Okay. Okay. So I know Oprah's character is Harpo's wife. And right. Harpo is Celie's stepson. Uh, and okay. Mr. is the guy who, you know, buys her from her father. Okay. Well, there you yeah, go. it's a very twisted. I used to watch it almost quite frequently because I was a huge fan of Whoopi Goldberg. Really? Oh um, god! I loved, yeah, I love movies with Whoopi Goldberg. Ghosts. No, I. All of those I love Whoopi, I movies with Whoopi, but that one I skipped. I still have not watched it. I, I should try. It. I should. Really? Yeah, okay. I should make that well, an assignment it, for myself. Traumatizing. But when I was younger, I went through like this phase of watching a lot of black movies. Mm-hmm. Um. Because they made me feel connected to something. I don't know how to explain it. Like, I yep. just... So you, felt, you, saw, like, you felt seen on the like, screen? Yeah, yes. these people look like me. As dark and, and weird as some of the stories were, I very much watched a lot of uh, Black movies. Yeah. Especially when they were about Martin Luther King or any of those. Yes, yeah. Uh, but with that movie came an interesting topic from the new cast, the 2023 three cast, um, Taraji P. Henson. Taraji P. Henson made it very clear throughout her press junket to talk about the inequality of pay that Black female actresses experience, even on films produced or directed by Black people. And in this particular movie, she talked about how she had to push for more pay for herself so her her co-stars 
um, Fantasia, Danielle Brooks, um, what's her name? Uh, Halle Bailey and uh, everybody, oh, basically. Oh, Halle Bailey was in it, right? Yeah. Right, right. Okay, okay, okay. She fought for them, for everybody to get fair pay because, I mean, you, I mean, I, as soon as I hear that Oprah Winfrey is a pride of something, I'm expecting big numbers. I'm expecting money to be invested. I'm expecting a big show out, especially because Oprah doesn't put her name on just anything. So to hear Taraji talk about the fact that she wasn't getting paid what she should be getting paid in Hollywood, knowing what her name brings, when you put her name on something, you know, people are showing out. When you put the title of the movie out, you know, people are showing out. Why do black actresses have to fight for decent wages? Do you know that the budget was about a hundred million? No, I did not. It's about okay. hundred million budget. <laughs> so, so, yeah, she did get not into have it. to underpay anybody. Uh, I, for some reason, I thought it would be lower because typically black movies, they mm. have a lower budget. So, but that's what I mean because I, Oprah yeah, was a part of it. About a hundred million. Yeah, like I'm not surprised at that because it's Oprah's. Oprah's got her hand in the in the pot, and that's what kind of shocked me to know that you've hired some of the best that you could find to portray those who have been a part of the play as well as now the movie who have dedicated themselves to these roles to portraying a classic movie. Why would you feel it's okay to underpay them, black women to black women? Why is that your your thought process? Knowing how much you've invested in the overall production. So watching J uh, Taraji on press junkets get in fault, like be in tears about how unfair this journey has been. And even on this particular movie as well, really made me think to myself, you know, I really thought that these actresses, especially the bigger names, the Octavia Spencers, the Viola Davises, they've all talked about how they have had to fight and push, even though they're on the top of the list for equal pay and to watch Taraji P. Henson basically be like, I really thought about quitting Hollywood because yeah. I couldn't, after everybody got their piece, I was getting nothing, but you wanted me to run around and do all these press junkets and show up and smile and promote the movie. And then I get nothing from that pie after really made me feel a ways about Hollywood because I love movies. I'm a movie watcher. We know this. I, I've been watching movies since I was a kid. Like that's one of my ways of escaping life. And to hear that some of these actresses today who have, busted their ass, honing their craft, showing up, getting nominated when you never thought it was possible, like Taraji, Benjamin Button, and all of the things that she's done, Cookie for, for Empire while it was still, you know, top tier. To be in a room now where you're still having to go negotiate your pay when everybody knows that you are a valuable name to have on this movie, it really is a shitty feeling. It makes me feel like I don't want to go to the theater to buy a ticket to give those people money because if the actress isn't the, the actress is the one that's entertaining me and if she's not getting paid what she should be getting paid then i don't feel great about going to the theater you know well the one thing about hollywood that i get a little confused with is that just because you know i used to do acting when i was younger mm -hmm. um, and typically when you signed up for a movie or a show when the movie comes out and there's more money. I believe they're still supposed to get more Something. money. Mm. Yeah, depending on the contract that you sign. So you get like a payment up front, mm -hmm. or you can get a combination, I believe, of, of the payment. And then the, what is it called? Um, there's a word for it. Um, Not royalties. Residual. Okay. Royalties, residuals, whatever. Mm -hmm. uh, so I'm curious 
where that money is going to go. And if they signed that contract where they still get money, because mm. that would determine whether or not I pay money to go see this movie. Because mm. if they're still going to get money after the movie comes out, when it makes the large portion of it, because I know they have to pay off the budget. Mm-hmm. So the first hundred million goes back towards production and everything. Who, you know, the, the people that donated the money for it, they get the first yeah. hundred million. Whatever else is made after that is supposed to be distributed amongst the cast members. It's supposed to be, but I wonder if they just take the lump sum. I wonder if they're even given op- options for royalties or residuals anymore. Because I remember back in, I remember kid Hollywood, kid actors of the yesteryears today mm-hmm. saying that their royalties now are like sometimes $2.59 because they got mm-hmm. gypped so much. And these movies play two or three times on, you know, the family channel and once on ABC family in the morning. And it's like, how are your residuals so low? But then I think about the kid who was in, um, uh, the Lion King. What's his name? I can't remember his name. It's off the top of my head. The kid who sang it. Originally, he was offered a $2 million check flat for The Lion yeah. King, for his singing portion. And his yeah, mom was like, it. right. She negotiated for a high-paying residual or royalties um, contract. Those checks. Jason Weaver. That's okay. it. Yes. Yes. So there is, there is a way to go about it. But I yeah. think the problem is, is that I'm going to say this just for the black actors yeah. and actresses is they typically, I believe will take the money up front because yeah. these roles don't come often yeah. for them. Right. There's not a lot of, uh, even if they're getting scripts, I'm, I'm pretty sure Halle Berry said this, that mm-hmm. even after she won her Oscar, she still was not given roles that, that were good enough for her. She's just like, they, they, they don't write roles that put black people that are not on drugs or are mm. not like just complicated human beings. Like I understand we all have our complications, but there's a lot of roles that are written with the stereotypical black person versus who we are. Like we we're business people. We have education. We, mm-hmm. you know, there's, but they, there's not a lot of roles that are written specifically mm-hmm. for black characters and with black characters in mind, they're usually playing a white person's best friend. Mm-hmm. or some other secondary role, right? And she said even after she won her Oscar, she won the Oscar for Monsters Ball, I believe. Mm-hmm. I think she had to, like, have sex or do something weird. Yes, it was an intense <laughs> scene. Yeah, like, that That movie was <clears throat> interesting. Um, I'm not sure why she won an Oscar for that. That's one movie that I can't understand what the Oscar... They often say that when certain actresses win Oscars, it's because they've decided to give a little bit, if you know what I yeah, mean. Yeah, but because I've seen her in way more powerful roles, haven't you? Losing Isaiah when she first Losing came out? Isaiah, that could have been Oscar worthy, but she Easy. didn't get an Oscar no. for that. But she got an Oscar for laying down with a white man yeah. on camera. Yeah. It was just weird. I don't know. Yep. Yep, yep, Holly yep. Weird is weird. I told okay? you. Because there are some movies where it makes sense why it was Oscar it was an Oscar worthy performance. And then there's some where I'm like, why? Mm-hmm. What is the Oscar for? It it, it makes <laughs> it makes me think that it's just like, oh, if she's up on the list of like we've run through a bunch of names. She had a pretty yeah. decent year. We'll give it to her this time. Like, is it really based on your work or is it really just based on who you know, who likes you and who advocates for you like when they're in the room. Like it made me feel like, did she really earn it for Monsters Ball? Because she played a broke 
kind of crackheady mother who couldn't support her child, who was a bit abusive, just like in Losing Isaiah, except Losing Isaiah was far more, to me, well, I guess they're both riveting in their own ways, but Losing Isaiah was far... But she came around in a different way in Losing Isaiah. Like, there was some growth within the role. And it was by her, not by being saved by a white man. So Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And then on top of that... Didn't uh, Denzel win it for the drug? training day? Training day again. Yep. He's done more powerful roles. I believe he could have gotten an Oscar for what is that movie? Um, the football movie. Remember the Titans? He Remember could have the gotten. Titans, which people still watch to this day. Me included. Okay, if he was gonna get an Oscar, it should have been for that. It could have been for I Malcolm X. Well. It could have been for. Um, that one where they're on the boat, I refuse to watch it. The slavery one. There are, and I'm, I'm sure he's gotten his accolades in a couple of different ways. But again, that's but a man. Why is he getting an Oscar for playing a drug lord? Like, I don't understand yeah. that. It's almost as if Hollywood there goes. Was nothing, there was nothing powerful about that performance. Exactly. It's like, it's like if Hollywood says, oh, you finally played the role I want to see you in. That I want to see now, you in. Now you get rewarded. Yeah. That yeah. I want to see, I so, want to so see you now, play it. When you show up to an audition, we want you to show up in the like a drug dealer. We want you to be in. Yeah. We gave you an award for this role. Now we want you to have more roles like this. Yeah. When those roles never suited him, I, I was did not think he was believable as that character at all. <laughs> at I, all. I like. I was like, I'm not <laughs> buying this. Yeah. <laughs> like Ultimate. It's, it almost feels like you know how in in music the music industry artists always say the first two or three albums it's based on what the um the 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 studio the 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 persona they want me to portray and then three or four albums in you start to hear what i want to release as a musician i feel like it's the same thing with hollywood like you don't get an award until you do what i want you to do and then you can kind of go off and do whatever you want and then maybe you'll get awards for that but it has to be on my terms first and that's kind of what i'm just like so what are your thoughts on will smith's oscar Getting getting the Oscar after he slapped the shit out of Chris Rock? (laughs) Because we did not talk about that. We never talked about that. Uh But I mean, that role, that role was specifically for the... uh, Did you watch it? I watched the movie. Yeah, it was a good performance. It was. Oh, okay. Not Oscar worthy, I don't think. Mm. And he played like a true character of a man who already exists. I just, it was, it was okay, but I don't think it was Oscar worthy. He's made other movies that were more. Was it for the, um, Muhammad Ali was more powerful actually, even though he was playing an existing character, I believe his, he was more powerful in that than he was in this. Yeah. But didn't he win for Muhammad Ali as well? No, this was his first Oscar. No. He won a, he won, let me see. Yeah, because I feel like he was nominated. Oh, he was nominated for it, but I don't think he won. Was this for the portrayal of 2022? Yeah, so he no, he was nominated, I believe. What what was it for? First win. What was what what was it for? What movie? I, I think it was for the one we just said. He was nominated under uh, for the. Um, oh my god, my brain is not working. The Serena Williams, the boxer. the boxer. What's his name? Muhammad Ali. 
Yeah. I believe he was nominated. So let's go Will Smith Oscar nominations. Because if it was for the one where he portrays uh, Serena Williams and Venus Williams' dad, I would give it to him. But if it's for the one that most recently came out, I haven't watched it, so I don't know. No, no, he won the Oscar for the Serena. Okay, so it was for that one. Okay, okay. Yeah. Uh, But let's see, his nominations. He was nominated for Best Actor in 2007. It doesn't say what movie. And 2002, he was nominated Best picture for 2022, and I believe that was this one. Yeah, yeah it doesn't say which movies, but I do believe the um, boxing one. He was nominated. Yeah, that yeah, that would make sense. Yeah, honestly, I feel like him winning after slapping. I feel like at that point, what do you do if he was already told? Yeah. Yes, he, was, he already won the award. He was just there to accept it. Accept it. Yeah. So, I, if if I was a TV producer. I would have recorded it. I wouldn't have published it. Uh, but I think it was live, so maybe they didn't have a choice. Uh, I, I just... I think that there was limited choice in that time span. Yeah, you're probably like, right. He was given the award not long after. No, you're right. Yeah. Um, but they could have taken it back, but they chose not to. The I just... Academy chose not to, <laughs> which I found to be very interesting. And I'm not saying he didn't deserve it. He's played a lot of roles where he should have won an Academy Award. I think he is a good actor mm-hmm. when he wants to be. Uh, wait, The Pursuit of Happiness, he was also nominated. That makes sense. Uh, so was his son. His son did not win, though. Uh, mm. Jaden Smith was also nominated. Um, yeah, anyways, the Oscars. Are, I stopped watching the Oscars in, I could say, 2010. Yeah, I stopped fully paying attention. I watching. I'll watch if I have a certain person who I'm rooting for to win, and the minute I see that they have or haven't won, I click it off. Mm-hmm. Or I'm always watching yeah. it and something else. But yeah, we kind of digress past what we were talking about. I feel yeah, like when it comes to the Black actresses of today and like how hard they work to be seen and to still have to fight for equal pay really kind of breaks my heart. And that's kind of why I'm, I am I got super excited when we started to have, you know, the Tyler Perry's, the G- Jordan Peele's, the Andro- yeah. a- a- Antoine Fuqua's, the people who are black and who are making movies for black people that was outside and of the realm of, yeah. 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 And it wasn't just about your st- stereotypical characters, like Jordan Peele specifically writing movies that are about scary topics that have nothing to do with race and racism mm-hmm. or this or that. And it's just like, I was. I'm. Ho- I'm hoping eventually that there is a not. I'm, I don't think it's ever going to. It's ever going to be equal, but a decent number of you know black writers and black producers where we can hope that black actresses and black actors are getting decent pay. They're not being asked to drive themselves to set. They're not being asked to share trailers. They're getting a decent wage for makeup and costume and all of that. And and Hollywood. Hair. Can we talk about hair? Oh, can we? Come on. We need better budgets for black hairstylists for black actors. Okay. We need to, in general, I think what you just said about these, you know, having later on in life, having these things get better. It would be nice if someone wrote a movie that is entirely for a white person, but they put a black person in that role because that person fits it better. Mm-hmm. And, and that change doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Swapping a white face uh, for a black face doesn't change the storyline. It really doesn't. 
Yeah. So that would be nice to see. But when they do that, and they when they do that, and then you hear about it over and over and over again, sometimes I worry that the message gets muddied because it's just mm-hmm. like white people will always be like, right, and then you have white people saying things like, oh well, if the roles were reversed, the white person wouldn't get the role, the black person would still get it anyway. I just want there to be more movies that have to do about that have to do with life, not that have nothing to do with race have experiencing racism, experience stereotypes. I just want black actors to be able to act and not have to act yeah. black. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I don't. Yes. No, we're acting black. Yeah, yeah, I agree. And just uh, the whole thing that happened even with Halle Bailey and being the mermaid. Oh my Who God. Who cares if the mermaid is a redhead, black white girl. or black? That doesn't change the storyline. It didn't change it at all. Mm, not a thing. I mean, I watched the movie. I didn't love it because I just don't like The Little Mermaid in general. But I just, I watched it specifically to support her. Ditto. Um, But things like that where people get all bent out of shape for these things that don't matter. Yeah. It does not matter. It's different if she's supposed to play an African queen. Then yes, she should be black. Yeah. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah. But yeah, you're right. I hope that that does change because we need these actors to want to do more films. And in order for them to want to do more films, they need to be getting paid and they need to be treated fairly, essentially like everybody else. Yeah. It's imagine you go into your your desired career and you get there and you feel like everybody's kind of just like blase about your presence. But people love to see you, but the people you work with don't really give a shit. Watching Taraji P be like, I really considered quitting Hollywood and quitting acting because of how I've been treated. It's like hearing someone be like, I wanted to be, you know, a scientist, but anytime I walked into the the lab, people just ignored me because I was a woman or because I was black or because I was whatever. That that stuff hurts to hear. And I, I feel like this particular job, being an actress and giving so much you give in your roles, it's not easy. So when you feel like you're being underpaid and disregarded and ignored and kind of like cast aside, I feel like it would it would be hard not to take it personally. And so when people are like, yeah. oh, she shouldn't be crying. She's still rich and she's still... You don't get no, how it's much... It's not about that. It's not about that. We yeah. need to stop the whole, they're still rich. Listen... <sighs> I don't even like to go into that. Yeah, I don't like to go into the whole pay disparity thing because, like, actors do get paid a lot of money, but they also pay out a lot of money. Right. All Which... of their contracts have commission that yeah. they have to pay out to other people. They have hair people. They have makeup people. They got to pay their team. They got to pay for production. They have to pay for someone to promote them. They have to pay for someone to market them. Nothing is free. And yes. unfortunately, for black actresses and actors specifically, they are paying people more money than they should mm-hmm. to get these things done. Whereas a white actor or whatever, they've got a whole team of people. They've got people up at the top that are willing to help them, willing to get them up there. But for a black person, you got to do twice as much work. And I'm, I, I know people don't like to hear it. People do not like to hear that a black person has to do twice as much to get the same thing. It's true. If, not the same, not the same not, thing. Nine times out of ten, less than the same as everybody than. else. But they gotta yeah. work twice as hard because not only do you have to prove yourself, yep, you cannot get rid of this skin. No matter yep. what room you walk into, the skin is on you. It's apparent. You can't hide behind it. And how people treat you sometimes 
whether they're racist or they're not, some people just might just be uncomfortable around people of color. They're not racist, but they've got some other internal issues that they haven't quite sorted out yet. Mm-hmm. But it is a battlefield and you don't know when you're going to face the battle, how long you're going to face the battle and with whom you're going to mm-hmm. have that battle. So mm-hmm. I just, yeah, the, the race talk is just, uh, you and I both know, okay, we're both black women. We both work at a pretty good company, but at the end of the day, guys, we're still black women. We're still black women and it ain't easy out here. And we do have to prove ourselves and do twice as much. Which is why I think we sympathize with Taraji and we hope that, and a lot of people have come to her defense and a lot of people have been like, you deserve the world. We love you. Please keep going. You will get your flowers. Um, and I, you know, it's nice to have people champion behind you and be like, yes, I agree with you. You deserve more. And we hope that in the coming years with the way that the world is changing and how people are being seen, that that happens less and not more. But ultimately, it is it's it's a hard burden to bear being a woman of color in just about any industry because you're always the afterthought. You're always. Yeah. yeah. Not to say that I'm not happy for, like, I am very blessed. I'm, you know, I have a lot of things. So I can't really complain, but I worked hard to get here. So, right. and I'm probably going to have to continue to work hard just as yeah. you are. So it never stops. But we hear you, Taraji, and we support you. And we're, yes. we're sending out so much positive energy that this stuff has worked out. I know she's having a sit down with Oprah soon. Oh, is she? One-on-one on the Oprah something special something really coming out yeah so i don't know if it was already recorded Mm. but one of two things are gonna happen oprah's gonna gaslight the fuck out of her or she's gonna apologize she's gonna apologize what do you think (laughs) i think that i don't think we're ever gonna see this special because i don't think (laughs) taraji is a real woman she keeps it real she speaks the truth even when she knows some people won't be happy about it and people knew just by watching the press junkets people knew and people picked up that there was what's the word tension between oprah and taraji because taraji said it i spoke up and when you see some of these videos of oprah standing beside taraji or fantasia Mm -hmm. or danielle oprah often is not close to taraji ended monique's career okay Mm. as as short-lived as it was they destroyed her off of precious so yeah i hope taraji stays the course and does not bow down to that woman because regardless she she needs to be in support of other black women i think i think with where we're at today knowing who oprah is especially when she asked us to donate money to, to hawaii even though my lady has property all over the place and could donate and fix the island with one check i think people realize now that oprah ain't really for the people like she says she's for the people so she tried to have taraji canceled i think people would people would speak about it taraji i think she's not getting canceled yeah that's that Oprah's just, almost on the edge of being canceled so pretty much She's not going to get canceled by white people, though. That's the only thing. Oprah's yeah. backing is predominantly white. So she's not going to get canceled by them. Yeah. They love Oprah. They love them some Oprah. But we are not letting her cancel Taraji. No. No. No, absolutely not. Refuse. And I think... So, but the special is coming out, so we'll see. <laughs> Sorry. It's been... Bless you. Okay. Yeah. So that's it. We'll see what happens. But if the special does come out, we're talking about it. Oh, 100%, because I will be <laughs> on the edge of my seat. <laughs> I'm waiting. I'm waiting. I know it's coming. 
Well, and I think Oprah we, doesn't like when people put out stuff and she can't address it. So she's going to address it. But, but which is interesting because apparently Monique tried to speak to her and she refused to speak with Monique. Mm-hmm. So it's, but it'll she be was backed by Tyler Perry and yeah. she was backed by what's his face? The guy who wrote the or produced. I don't know what the hell his name is. I can never remember his name. John Singleton. Precious. Was it John no. Singleton? All right. The black producer. He's a producer or uh Oh, uh, 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 regardless, I know who I'm talking about. I don't know yeah. what the hell his name is, but all of them stood against her. Right? Spike Lee. Spike Lee. No, it wasn't Spike Lee. Was it Spike Lee? No. What is his name? It's for Precious. We got to look up these names, man. We're not good with names I at all. I went to the premiere. I went to the premiere and he was there. He's Precious. not straight. Precious. Isn't it? It's not Antoine Fuqua? Precious oh, film. Something precious. Can you look it up? I'm looking. Um, Lee Daniels. Yeah, thank you, Lee Daniels. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> yeah. They, she, they all stood firm oh. against her. The reason why they stood firm against her, though, which she stood on, is that she accepted the. She did fifty. She got fifty thousand dollars for that movie. Mm-hmm. You go look up how much Precious made. And did you know that she said that Oprah asked her to travel internationally to promote the film on her own dime? Yeah, and Monique, she did. Monique was like, no, I'm not doing that. I'm not going to like Japan and all that for free. And Oprah was like, oh, okay. Well, then you're not going to none. Can you imagine? She didn't go. Because I was at the premiere here in Toronto. Oh, yeah? Yeah. And she was not there. Lee Daniels was there. Uh, that movie made... Ooh. Hmm. 47 is that 47 million no yeah 47 gross 47 million domestic this is gross yeah domestic wow 47 million and this was a low budget film so she did accept the 50 grand mm. but even after the movie made all that money it's she didn't get anything and they were trying to make her pay out of her own pocket to go and that's so tacky oh my uh, God promote it which i think is crazy because they did a promotion here in toronto for the for the film festival and they did one i think in bc so she would have had to pay her way for all of these promotional events how do you ask while while oprah and lee daniels like even if it was a small budget it still made a lot of money yeah I, I just I just find Oprah to be not for. She was once for us, as usual. You crawl off the backs, you crawl up the ladder off the backs of your people, and you get to the top where your people can't reach, and you just sit atop your throne. That's what she gives yeah. me. Unfortunately, everybody's like, oh, I really, I really used to look up to Oprah. I used to love right? her. Right. I don't hate her or anything like that. But no, I just wish she's really not for us. Her. I just wish that. Um, that she's not just for us because you know you got to be for people that are also for you and and most of her support did come from the white community let's be honest um but it's more about being grounded as a person because i find that she's very much like everything she posts is so in your face like just like these like just over the top things why, why like i understand she has to share her life but it's just it doesn't seem like she's grounded you person. you really think that her her following was was mostly white even way back when? Way back when, yeah, yeah, hmm. yeah. More, more, there she had more white people 
I, black people started to get on board, but a lot of black people did not have positive things to say about Oprah. Even when I was younger, they used to call her ugly. They used to say so many things about Oprah, but white people loved her. Most of her audience was white mm. <laughs> on, on um, the Oprah Winfrey show. Um, those mm. were the people that were lining up. Yeah, I'm not sure why that's the case, but well, I just, yeah, I just don't think that she's as grounded as she should be. Yeah, um, that's for sure. Considering what I've seen from her. Mm-hmm. So who knows? Um, well, we'll see what happens. I look forward oh, to the... Don't cancel us. <laughs> Girl, you can't cancel somebody who's, who doesn't have anything to be canceled from. What, what, what can you cancel me from? I TikTok? Know. Go ahead, cancel me. It's true, it's true. Yeah. But anyways, we are 52 minutes in here. Yeah. We're going to wrap it up here. We've discussed, I think, everything we wanted to discuss today. I am definitely looking forward to this special sit-down between Oprah and Taraji. I think that's entertaining. That should be, hopefully, it's entertaining. Um, And we will keep you... Yeah, we'll keep you guys updated when it does come out. We'll discuss it likely. And we look forward to the next episode. Do we want to ask any questions this, in this episode to the viewers, to listeners? What were your guys' New Year's intentions? Or, you know, what did you? What are your plans for the New Year? If you have any, do you even believe? In resolutions? In resolutions or, yeah. you know, the New Year, New Me vibe. For me, it's the New Year, same me. Mm. Same me. Um, <laughs> I'm working on some things, but I'm the same. Yeah. Okay. So we want to hear from you guys. And also we're, Karina and I are sitting down. We're trying to be more consistent. We want to post more. We want to talk to you guys more. We want to get your opinions on things. Talk about other things that you guys are interested in hearing about. Mm -hmm. Do you care to hear about our opinions on these crazy things? Obviously you care if you're listening. Um, But yeah, we're going to dig more into a lot of things that, we haven't been doing or we haven't been consistent on. And so, yeah, we want to hear from you guys. What do you, what are your guys' thoughts on the Jeffrey Epstein list? Are you guys surprised by anybody on that list? Are you in support of Taraji's, you know, plea for more support in, for actors and actors, actresses, or do you think she's being too needy? We want to hear it. Yeah. We want to hear what you really, really, really think about these issues. And yeah, we're open to listening to you guys. So please, you know, share your thoughts in the comments. Tell us what you'd like to hear. And maybe we'll decide to pick a specific topic from a specific listener if they give us a good one, a juicy one. Maybe we'll start doing that. Something like a highlighted guest um, submitted question or topic of discussion they want us to talk about. Share your thoughts with us in the comments. Share your thoughts with us on Instagram. We will be posting more. We are fresh into the new year and we are starting at the top of our list with getting more content out to you guys, being seen more, talking to you more. Yeah, definitely continuing the inside thoughts out loud. We're not hiding. We're not shying away from certain topics like we did our first season. We're definitely going to get into the nitty gritty and we are excited for the new year. So with that... We want to wrap up this episode. Thank you for listening to the first episode of 2024. We will see you in the next one. Thanks for listening. Bye, guys.